Hello, and welcome to episode 259 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jack Holder, creator of Legends of the Realm, on Kickstarter now and ending February 3rd, 2022. Jack, so thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, you know, you and I have a, uh, a long history of working on projects together, but uh, for anybody who's not familiar with your work, uh, could you give us a quick bio about yourself? And then after that, uh, just the, the elevator pitch for this cool book that's on Kickstarter. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on. Uh, my name is Jack Holder. I'm the writer and creator of Arcane Industries, a, a small publishing imprint uh, with the tagline Magical Musings in a Mundane World, where we produce uh, fantasy and faith comics and prose. I've got such works as Dealing with the Apocalypse, Born of Magic, The Following Casework, and Legends of the Realm, as well as two great interfaith anthologies, Why Faith and the Great Commandment, uh, drawing on uh, my own academic experience holding a master's in divinity from Boston University School of Theology. Uh, but one of my real passions is fantasy. So with Legends of the Realm, which is on Kickstarter right now, with the first issue of a new arc uh, called The Floated Dream, uh, a new uh, city is floating above the clouds in this epic fantasy world, Providentia, a supposedly utopian world. Uh, Camridian, the newly appointed court mage of Danisfire, is journeying there, uh, urged on by the quest given to him by the king to find a miracle in the kingdom. But as he goes there, he's filled with both hopes and reservations. Uh, is this the magic that he's been searching for? What sort of magic can propel an entire city far above the clouds? What must one give up? to live so high. Uh, Floated Dream is a 28-page uh, full-color epic fantasy comic that's on Kickstarter right now. Awesome. So we're certainly going to talk about this book, but let's uh, let's talk about like maybe influences and stuff like that. I know that like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know, some of your early sort of creative endeavors were like, uh, you know, fantasy prose works. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I have grown up loving fantasy, uh, especially epic sword and sorcery fantasy. Uh, the influences for Legends of the Realm uh, can really uh, draw from those influences. Uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Raymond D. Feist with uh, the Rift War saga, uh, T.H. White, uh, penning what I think is one of the best interpretations of Arthur in The Once and Future King. Okay. Uh, all of these uh, bring together uh, the use of allegory in this medieval setting. Nice. And so is this a shared, I, I, I think you, you uh, teed this up a little bit in the interview or the, you know, the intro that you gave us. Is this a sort of shared universe? How does this all sort of fit into the, to the arcade industries stuff? Uh, this does not. Okay. Uh, like, um, is, uh, Camridian is in this whole new world uh, and this arc, which we're calling the Watcher's Saga, is really an opportunity over six issues to uh, showcase the length and breadth of Danis Fire, Camridian, uh, King Marcus Cairn, 
and the problems and possibilities within this world. So you talked a lot about the world. Did you create sort of like a uh, like a, a story bible? And I know like a lot of you know people who are into you know fantasy books. Uh, depending on how sort of involved they want to get into it, they can sort of build magic systems. There's, there's rules, you know, um, how the things work. Did you did you go that in depth with uh, building this world? It seems like uh, every other week I'm uh, building more of that story bible. Okay. Uh, Danisfire is the first of several lands that are is in here, uh, this kingdom and. The more I think about this comic series, the more in-depth in it becomes. I'm doing a daily flash fiction challenge, which has me writing uh, another thousand words every day in this world, mm -hmm. which really deepens not just how much I know and understand uh, and reveal about uh, the kingdom of Danisfire, uh, but the four king uh, countries around that kingdom and even further out. How do you keep everything straight? Do you have like a, a Google document or do you have like a, like a notebook and pen and paper that sort of like if a, a spark of an idea that might not be related to something that you were working on earlier in the day or the day before to like keep everything straight? How, how are you keeping like various aspects of the world uh, straightened um, when, you, when you get an idea or something that you really like and you want to sort of expand upon? I've got more like a Google folder okay. uh, that's literally just titled Story Bible because I want to be able to talk uh, list not just uh, the timeline, but I want to go into one docs like here's what's going on in Danisfire and here's what's going on in the Sanctaid uh, Theocracy. Here's just devoted to characters. I've got another folder of projects to do and it'll be trying to bring all of those together later on as soon as I finish up the million and one other things on my to-do list. Cool. And I guess maybe having it electronically uh, is helpful as well. Cause you know, a lot of times as, as writers or creatives, you know, the back of your mind is sort of always processing um, like a story. And I don't know how many times I've either been jogging or, or mowing the grass and it just sort of comes to me, you know, it's, you know, stop, pull out the phone and, and write that down. Is, is that helpful to you? It is really helpful to me in that regard. And as well, uh, my editor, John Robinson can review this. And it's not even that he's like making edits, but he's like making comments and questions, which really help flesh out the world more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're working on this book with somebody that you've worked with uh, in the past quite a lot. Um, has the, the process changed or is it still like, or is it maybe like a, just a smooth transition where, where you and Evan just sort of worked in the past and now you're here and you're, you're, you're you know, just hit the ground running? We pretty much were hit the ground running. Uh, we finished up our uh, first project, Legends of the Realm. Uh, I think he ended up finishing uh, the artwork back in August uh, and immediately we were talking about okay what's going to happen in floated dream what's going on what's going on in here and like even when we're not working we're still talking we're chatting uh, and just really good working relationship nice and uh, I'm guessing I know the answer to this question but uh, who is the uh, the letterer on this book 
It's got to be Micah Myers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys uh, are. I, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I and it is no shade to any letterers out there. Uh, Micah's just the guy that I can call going, hey, I need a comic lettered uh, by 9 p.m. And by four, he's like, here it is. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to work with Micah uh, on a few things, probably because I saw him working on, on your books and I saw his name sort of popping up. But yeah, he's, he's, he's really great. And the other thing is, is that um, to find somebody that's reliable, um, and, and gets the stuff. But a lot of times we also talk about the fact that lettering is sort of the unsung, uh, you know, hero. art art and hero of, of making comics. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like a referee in a sports game. Like you only notice them when they, when they do something wrong to call attention to themselves. And if they, if, if a letterer is doing everything, you know, um, you know, professionally and in the correct way, you, you just sort of reading the story flow and you don't even, you know, recognize that maybe a balloon is out of place or, you know, the, the order of the balloons made it a little bit difficult to read. You had to go back and, you know, read that panel to make sure you knew what was going on. If, the, if they're doing it right, you don't notice them, right? Exactly. And uh, I think with Micah, it's the, th the things that he adds to make it just that little bit easier, like, hi, I'm going to add these colorings so you know who's talking even when they're off panel uh, like and really just delve into the character when it comes to color choice for that. Yeah. Awesome. So um, working with Evan uh, to, sh to shift back to him, um, he is located, he's located somewhere like Greece or something like that. Do I have that correct? You do indeed. Okay. And so do you find yourself with the time difference? It's sort of like you're, you know, handing off notes to him and then maybe sort of with the time difference, waking up to like a piece of art uh, the next day. Also, I think he's a bit of a madman and stays up pretty late as well. So he is a madman uh, trying to figure out his schedule and his sleep schedule uh, can be a challenge, but with comics, uh, especially with comic pages, uh, you pretty much, it, you give someone uh, like Evan just enough of a deadline that he can feel it, mm -hmm. that you, it's like you say, you'll sometimes just wake up and, hi, there's four more pages for me. <laughs> and I did not expect this. Uh, and I'm really happy about it. And here's the checks in the mail or <laughs> it's in the email yeah. to be frank. So, you know, you guys have worked in the past uh, together, so you guys are familiar, you know his art style, but going into a new project, um, you know, there's new things here, things that you were envisioning in your mind's eye, you know, you the writer sitting down, there are words on a, on a page, but, you know, you're envisioning stuff in your mind's eye. Was there something that, like, uh, Evan was able to nail perfectly, or was there, were there things that, like, he improved on the, the you know, the thing that you were seeing in your mind's eye? Uh, so just looking at the preview pages that we had, uh, page four here, which has that beautiful image of the floating city of Providentia mm -hmm. is it's, it's the idealized vision of what I had in mind. Uh, but the very next page, page 12, I have to go over the script again, uh, because like, 
I had almost been like uh, just seeing multiple versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameridian seeing himself and really trying to figure out what is going on. But Evan's the one that really came up with the fun house crystal uh, maze feeling in there. And it's, as you can see on uh, page 12 in that preview, it just, just watching Camridian, it feels almost like a fluid motion, even though it's going uh, down the page. That is all Evan's amazing interpretive skills. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's a really creative way to have uh, the character, you know, show up multiple times because we have the the main one that's sort of in the foreground to us and then sort of wrapped around in the background, we, we see like the Funhouse Samara effect. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way to do the foreground and the background and have multiple, you know, images of the of the character. And one of the things that I think Evan and I and I appreciate about each other is uh, the fact that we challenge each other in both our writing and our art to keep reaching new heights. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Evan was uh, telling me for the Floated Dream, hey, I want to do more uh, exploring in what magic can do and what my art can do. And this issue really allowed me to do that. Uh, And that's what you always want to do. Uh, to, as an artist, as a writer in your career, is keep moving forward as uh, as an artist. And here in the floated dream, I think we have that. And do you see, uh, and it pr- may have changed over time, but do you see thumbnails, uh, pencils, inked pages, uh, colored pages, or have you guys progressed enough where it's we like see- almost a full page? We see it all. Uh, and I review everything with Evan and usually it's uh, a simple thumbs up Mm -hmm. at times uh, especially in things like the thumbnail stage Uh, sometimes Evan will be like I'm having trouble on this particular one and send me like three different ideas and then we'll just talk it through Uh, but it's actually really great for both of us to actually be able to do that and he does the same for me going because i'll be like here's my concept for the next arc uh all right here's the issue outlines and then he'll actually see the script so for both of us it's reviewing this and a lot of times it's just a thumbs up okay yeah i mean i guess when you find that creative partner that gets you uh and you have that understanding a lot of times it's uh you know the the flow just goes like you get the thumbnails and you're like yeah you're you're, you're on track um uh or or you know i like this third idea what do you think so that uh that must work uh pretty well it does uh being able to uh talk with evan about this uh in this manner is invigorating uh it's energizing you feel uh ready to sit down and write more after having these sorts of conversations and i think i know the answer to this looking at this but is he a, is he a digital artist yes yes so that would i guess maybe on that rare occasion where something has to be 
um, you know, updated or, or, or fixed. It's, it's not as difficult to fix as if it was the traditional way of a pen and paper, right? Correct. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more. Um, you said earlier that the, the plan is for this to be uh, a six issue series. Is that correct? Absolutely. And uh, very much for this first uh, set of stories, uh, we wanted them actually to be that, a set of stories. Uh, the Floated Dream, the next issue, we're calling it Set in Stone. Uh, the first five issues, we wanted uh, each of them to be a beginning, a middle, and end in and of themselves. Tying into a full narrative arc, of course, but you being able uh, to just pick up uh, the story, read from page one, end at page 28, uh, put the book down, and you've got a full story there. You're not, uh, especially in Kickstarter, when you can get between two to four issues out a year, mm -hmm. you don't want people having to uh, wait uh, up to three years to finish a story. Uh, so that we're harkening back to the pulpy times of the 70s, 60s, and 80s, where it was like, sit down, read my comic, and I've got my story. And I can read the next one if I want to, or I can skip it. There's, there's got to be a real skill into doing a story or doing an issue that's got a beginning, middle, and end, but then you're also sort of progressing it through this through the story arc, correct? It is. It's a, it's a wonderful challenge where uh, I really got to thank my editor, John Robinson, on helping keep us on track. We're currently writing issue five, four, four. Uh, five is going to be rewritten a, a little bit, but it's uh, just working together. It's tying everything together. Uh, that's the challenge. Nice. And have you worked with uh, this editor in the past, or is this a, is this is a new endeavor that you're taking on? So John uh, was with us for Torn Soul. He's uh, been with us. Uh, for Lost in Repose, the second uh, short story. And uh, John is an indie write comics writer for himself. He also, he does the very successful Scorpio comics that are uh, on Kickstarter as well. Uh, cannot say a single bad thing about John Robinson. And, and how did how did you guys link up? Was it just sort of like a mutual sort of friendship that was sparked online, and, and you you guys decided to to do this, or have you guys met in person at a con? Both. Uh, so I had seen his Scorpio comics, and I loved uh, what he was doing on Kickstarter. Uh, and as that was uh, going on, uh, my wife and I were down uh, in Georgia and actually went to a convention and John was at that convention. We talked quite a bit, we managed to hang out and uh, have a lovely time together. Uh, afterwards, uh, we kept talking a bit more on Facebook. Uh, I sent him uh, a few pages of Torn Soul as it was being created, just geeking out about it. He asked for the script and I sent it over and he's like, do you have an editor? 
And I'm like, well, no, I know that's a big thing. And he's like, do you want one? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And it must have been great for you to know that the editor was was somebody um, that's that's work you admired so that you knew that like the, the sensibility that he could probably um, take it in, right? As opposed to like, let's just say that you were lucky enough to, to, to write the, you know, you know, Marvel comes to you and they say, you're writing Spider-Man and you're put in, you know, you're put in, uh, for lack of a better term, like the, the Spider-Man office and you're, you're assigned an editor. This way you were able to sort of come, you know, get somebody that you, you know, you really admired their work and you knew they had a similar sensibility to you, right? Exactly. Uh, that's the thing about being independent. Uh, with indie guys, you can always uh, say uh, yes or no, depending on how you feel. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside to that, of course, is you don't have nearly as much reach as working in the big two, uh, but being uh, everything you hear from working in the big two is uh, a locking in sort of thing, like uh, lockdown of stories uh, and just like editorial decisions. Uh, it's more working there, you'd much prefer to be an editor than mm -hmm. a writer at times. Cool. So let's talk about, uh, you know, we, we've covered this this book and the, the creative team and some of the, the influences. Let's just say that uh, I'm somebody that's not familiar with, with Jack Holder's work and I, and I see this Kickstarter. Do I have the ability to go back and grab some of the, the back catalog? You can... Uh, that's one of the best parts I love about Kickstarter right now. Uh, they have, uh, last year they came out with this add-on feature. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can definitely uh, get any uh, and all of my, my books uh, on Kickstarter. In fact, uh, the last reward tier, uh, the Arcane Industries bundle, is for someone who's like, screw it, I want everything. And... Uh, you can get that reward level, but at uh, any reward uh, level, you can say, hey, I want to not just get this book. I want to get uh, a few others as well in add-ons. Uh, you can get uh, my prose work, which is uh, short story compendiums like uh, Dealing with the Apocalypse and Born of Magic, uh, Fantasy Western in Demon Riders, uh, the two books that you, Matt, are connected with, Why Faith and the Great Commandment, are on there as well. Uh, and you can get uh, the first Legends of the Realm uh, graphic novella, Torn Soul. Very nice. And I probably know the answer to this, but, you know, these are both digitally and physically. So, um, you know, if, if uh, you know, you want to just try something digitally, you know, get it delivered directly to your inbox for reading on your on your tablet that's a possibility as well right that is correct nice um so you know we talked about this uh this book and a little bit about the the kickstarter um and, and what you can get um so let's talk a little bit about uh, uh running a kickstarter um, one of the questions I have for folks that are on the Kickstarter or that are on the podcast that are running a Kickstarter is what type of Kickstarter runner are you? 
are you able to, to step away? Um, and I know you have a young child that's, you know, takes some time and you, you, you know, you know, you have to go take care of that. So that might help a little bit, but are you a refresh the Kickstarter every 30 seconds to see, you know, backer counts and, and how things are going, or are you able to just sort of relax, take a step back, check in what it is, what it is, you know, where we're at at that point? A uh, little bit of both. Uh, most of the time I would probably be like, please just keep refreshing and the like, but uh, this is where ADHD comes in to play and the, uh, oh yeah, new shiny thing. Uh, taking trips with family actually like really helps. Uh, I usually have to be the driver. Okay. And so I'd be look, looking at my wife going, hey, can you refresh? <laughs> She's like, no, I can play Spotify or you can die. So just keep your eyes on the road. And uh, so I know you're, you're, you're doing um, the podcast circuit. You know, you're, you're here I, earlier tonight. You were on another one. Um, so you're reaching out to, to folks for the podcast. I believe maybe I've seen, have you been on a few sort of video, you know, YouTube type shows as well? Absolutely. Uh, Dre Daniels uh, with Brutal Nerd uh, and uh, KS Garner for Solo Nerd Bird. Uh, and tonight it was awesome with Dot 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 with Will Holland. Nice. Uh, so it's it's a great opportunity because uh, I love the independent scene, but uh, the problem is uh, the strength of it is uh, the isolation. Uh, so many of us love the exact same things, but we're all in these small islands. And once you get past a certain point, you're in deep waters and have no clue where to go. And this Kickstarter has been absolutely wonderful because I've been, I've had the chance to speak with people all across the country. It was, it's been so cool uh, to actually get that opportunity. And I know one of the things that we like to do as, as indie creators that are, you know, crowdfunding at the same time, have you had the ability to, to go to anybody that's, um, you know, a lot of times what we like to do is like, hey, I have a sci-fi book, you have a sci-fi book, you know, we might be able to, to reach the same audience. Have you found anybody that's, that's crowdfunding currently that has a book um, similar to this? And a lot of times, even for me, you know, it doesn't even have to be in the same, you know, I, I tend to like sci-fi stories, but if I backed a sci-fi story by a friend, they might alert me to, to something and I'll sort of be like, you know what, I know that person's taste, so I'll take a chance on this. So have you been able to cross promote with anybody? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the biggest cross promotion would have to be with MJ Massey because we actually have a crossover pick. Uh, she and I love doing these medieval fantasy. And whereas my influences are very much that Germanic, Anglo-Saxon, English uh, classic style, uh, MJ's is Ottoman Byzantine uh, for her Alchemist of Aurelia. We actually did a crossover pick with Camridian and Nurie, uh, and her Kickstarter's going on right now as well. If we, uh, if anyone backs both campaigns, they get the uh, print completely free of charge. A uh, couple others, uh, he ended 
uh, is a lot quicker than mine. Uh, but Russell Nalty, who we both know had his uh, Dragon Epic Fantasy trilogy, uh, the Make 100 that uh, launched on the 4th. Uh, there's uh, SK's uh, Warrior Cubs, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf Cubs. Uh, and Patrick Kellner, Gage and the Dragon's Tear, uh, which you can actually get issue one of uh, by backing us just straight up. Uh, so it's been a, that's one of the things I love about the indie community is all of us are like, hey, I've got an issue one, you've got an issue one, let's uh, get more viewers out here and show the world what, uh, how great we both are. Awesome. So I'm, I'm scrolling through the Kickstarter page and I'm seeing, you know, the, the obvious folks that I know are in the creative team, you know, Evan and, and Mike are guys that I know from, from your work. Um, but it looks like, do you, do you have a, a variant cover for, for this book? Absolutely. That would be with Alana Fletcher, who I've actually uh, worked with before for Demon Riders and Born of Magic. Uh, and she currently lives in Texas. Uh, and it was a great opportunity. Uh, I reached out to her uh, saying, hey, are you interested in doing a variant cover for us? She's like, I love this. Uh, and it was just wonderful being able to work together uh, with her on on this campaign. Awesome, yeah. I, I was uh, looking at uh, some of the, the the additional art here as as you were talking. Um, yeah, that's cool. And then I'm looking at uh, praise for the for the book. Um, just looking at some of the people that you you got to to give you comments. Those are folks that I know and. Uh, I know that I, I like their work so that, that, you know, for somebody that's in that circle to, to see the, you know, those names, that's almost like, uh, you know, really, obviously I see a Jack Holder book come out. I'm, I'm going to be there day one, but you know, it's, it's another sort of incentive to see these names like Russell, Frank, A.A. Rubin, you know, folks that are also in the trenches that are, you know, indie writers um, to give you, uh, you know, you know, pull quotes for, for your Kickstarter. Yeah, and I cannot thank them enough on this. Uh, it's those really quick things that you're like, okay, uh, can you write a review really quick? Uh, and people are either really excited about that or they're like, can I just read the book? Uh, yeah. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think that, do you say that like uh, Evan is already sort of either working on, on issue two? Does that mean that you guys have this book um, as far as like the line art and stuff? Like what's, what's the production of this book uh, at this point? So we're still uh, making uh, the rest of the book right now. Uh, we're zooming towards getting funding, but we still got a ways to go. So mm -hmm. we're trying to figure that out. Uh, what's going on right now is issue two and three are drafted script wise. And so at that point now it's Evan and John and I banging heads together, making sure that the script makes sense and the characters all, uh, meld together correctly. How do you handle the, the life of an indie creator that's crowdfunding one, you know, 
drafting two and three, you know, talking to your artist, talking to your editor, because that's like two sort of like the two hats that you have to wear. It's the creative hat and it's the promotion hat, like, you know, being in the, you know, full Kickstarter mode here. Um, how, how do you handle that? Uh, that actually makes life easier, believe it or not. Uh, as an indie, uh, when you're on a Kickstarter, there's only so many things that you actually can do and control. Uh, you can't post uh, for every second of every day. I've, I've tried it. You get you could get really burnt out uh, within the first couple of days just doing that, and then you start thinking, hey, uh, why don't I just message every Facebook friend I know, bugging them to beg the book, buy the book, and then you lose a lot of friends really quickly on that. Uh, but if you're still focused on the artwork, uh, it helps remind you what and why you're doing uh, these Kickstarters, and it's a really good refresher. It helps keep your mind going. It's why I do the daily flash fiction. So I can actually keep the mind fresh, keep going, uh, and keep pushing forward. And are you able to keep any like metrics? Because I know like I'm a subscriber to your newsletter. So um, when you, you send out like an email, um, do do you see any sort of influx? Uh, I'm sure early on the 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 you know the spikes were higher, but do you see like anything that might be working for you the best, a Facebook post, a, you know, an email to your subscriber list, or, or um, you're not quite sure at this point? At this point, I would say it's a combination of Facebook and uh, the newsletter. Uh, newsletter probably would get a bit more, mm -hmm. but right now it's going through everything and trying to understand uh, exact all the data. That's one of the few things that I'm not the best as uh, in indie marketer is being able to sort through all the data. Uh, and it's something that you need to learn uh, in some regard, at least to be able to keep up and uh, just make sense of everything. Uh, because if you can make sense out of it, you can utilize uh, the data to your advantage. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, we talked a lot about the, the book, um, some of the ups and downs of, of running a Kickstarter, but let's sort of circle back uh, to the book. You gave us sort of uh, a really good elevator pitch, uh, but let's, as, as we come close to wrapping up, let's, let's talk about this book again. So this is the first issue in a, in a, in a new story arc. So this is a perfect jumping on point, right? Absolutely. Uh, the Floated Dream is really uh, one of the best uh, jumping on points I've uh, put in campaigns in a while. Uh, Cam Ridian at this point is a very young mage. Uh, Danisfire is unknown to most of the re readers, and it's an opportunity to see uh, what epic fantasy looks like coming from the minds of Jack Holder and Evan Scale. Nice. Um, so also let's, uh, let's talk about where people could, uh, follow you online to, to stay up to date with this project and, and stuff that might be coming in, in the future. Absolutely. So, uh, the Kickstarter link right now is ink.pub slash legends. Uh, 
and we have just over a week to go right now. So uh, back early, uh, share often. Uh, you can find me at arcaneinkdustries.com, at Jack Holder AI on Twitter, and Arcane Ink Industries uh, on Facebook. Well, I'm going to definitely have links to the Kickstarter and your, your social media and the, and the show notes of this podcast. Um, you know, anybody listening with their pod player, you know, call up those show notes, scroll, um, probably down towards the bottom. So there'll be links. Uh, but most importantly, probably the, the A number one link is the, the Kickstarter link to go. Um, you know, at the time of this recording, um, we're pushing the, uh, the, the beginning of February and this, this Kickstarter is going to go into the third day of February. Is that correct? That is correct. And, you know, do we can even get down to the minutia of, do you have like a, like a, a the, the hour that it's going to close on the third? I want to say 9 a.m. on, yep. Uh, so really try and get it in by the second. Sure. Yeah. And that's 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. Correct. Cool. Cool. Well, Jack, I, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to catch up. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, I, I love all of your stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see, see a new one. So anybody that's, uh, you know, listened to 200 plus episodes of, of me and Noah do this podcast, this book has our, has our endorsement. And, uh, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to work with, uh, with Jack in the, in the past on, on two anthologies. So, um, once again, just check it out. Um, links in the show notes. Um, but uh, Jack, you have a you have a standing open invite to, to the podcast. Anytime you want to come on um, and talk about anything, just 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 let us know. We'd love to have you back on. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. It's always a pleasure being able to talk about the process with you. Very cool. Awesome. So thank you. Um, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also, while we're talking about Kickstarters, um, Noah and myself will be part of a Kickstarter um, launching February 1st, um, and that is called Moss Fail. It's a uh, fantasy comic, uh, hopefully um you know age of seven up it's sort of in that uh secret of nim sort of lord of the rings uh you know i i read the hobbit when i was about 10 i, I think it's okay to to read the hobbit uh you know you might need to grow up a little bit to read lord of the rings but the hobbit is definitely um close to all ages um so there's going to be a link to that in in the show notes but just once again I just want to thank everybody for listening uh please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics thank you <laughs>